Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And welcome to Reveal and Heal. I'm Coach Deb. You know, you can't heal if you won't reveal. I have an amazing guest today, y'all. Joshua D. Mills. Oh, he's in the building. And you know, he has a well, he has a word in his belly. Y'all listen, I'm excited. This brother I know, I love him. And I'm so anxious. So I'm going to have to bring it in and slow it down <laughs> so I can get y'all prepared for what's about to take place. You know, the topic for today is yes to your will. Now, this may be something that you all can relate to because you've decided to make a change in your life and you've decided to allow the Lord to order your steps and to, you know, be the one to lead and guide you. I want you to stay tuned for the word that's going to come forth this morning. So go ahead and uh, tag your friends, tag your neighbors, tag your family and let them know that today they will be inspired, motivated, and encouraged by the word that the Lord has put in the belly of Joshua D. Mills. Oh, yes. And, you know, guys, you can follow us on all podcast outlets. I'm talking about the major ones. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Pandora, Amazon, Spotify, all of them. So you can actually catch us each and every morning, every Monday morning, with a new topic on Motivation Monday. Now, let me just tell you, we have a radio show. It's called I'm Not Okay Why. I'm Not Okay Why is a platform of 10 professionals with different backgrounds. And what we do is we talk about the things that we're not okay with in our community. We want to start a conversation and we want to be able to be, uh, you know, the answer to the resolve, to the resolution. And I believe that most times you have to talk about things that we're uncomfortable with. But it's so important that we start the conversation. Y'all put your hands together and show your love. But Joshua D. Mills, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm so blessed. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm so excited about this word that you're going to bring forth to where I was getting all tongue-tied. And that ain't even in my spirit. <laughs> Honey, I don't get tongue-tied. But see, this, I know you You got something. So you're a prophet of the Lord, and I know you're going to allow God to, look, to use you. And you're going to share with some people that are hurting this morning that need a motivation word. You know, we're human. And we go through things in life, and it's so important for us to share with people so that they know they're not the only one. If God brought us out here, bring them out too. He has no respect the person. Am I right about it? Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> there ain't nothing that you'll ever face that he can't bring you out of, absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? I tell you, I we talk off camera, and... You are a man of wisdom, and it's like such an old soul. I'm not going to get in the way of God this morning. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not going to get in the way I of God I learned to be out the way, too. Huh? What is I, that? Said, I said I learned to stay out the way, too. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. So what I'm going to do, though, I, I'm just going to get it started. And um, my first question to you, and I just want you to just be real. Who is Joshua D.? Mills, you see, I gave the whole government name. The whole government. <laughs> you got to listen. There's a couple of Joshua Mills out there. Um, so, as I was saying to you, I, I don't. It's weird for me to to answer that question because I'm so used to answering what am I more so than who I who am I? Because I'm I'm so many different things to so many different people. Um, but one thing I I do identify as is uh i'm a son of god that's that's it like he speaks to me i follow his voice and i and i live my life live my life like that which leads me to be open for so many people um to be able to be all things to all people to win some is what paul said 
Um, but what I've come to understand too about my life is is the the moment that I I accept uh, labels is the moment I limit myself. So I just I don't necessarily go by labels. Now the other thing is this is I tell people depending on how you perceive me determines what you receive from me. So mm-hmm. because there's so many different things I do have access, but I I am a father. I love my daughters, man. I love them. They they my those man. Listen, you see this face? You see this? Uh-huh. It's automatic. You know what I'm saying? They're amazing. I I'm I'm blessed because not only am I a father, but I'm also a father student because they teach me every day. Oh my and, yeah. and so I'm learning, um, I'm learning about life through through their eyes and through them and through the connection I have, the relationship that I have with them. So I'm blessed by that. Uh, I'm a son, of course. Uh, my mother, man, I love my mom, my dad. You know all those people. So it's it's a lot, just a lot of different things. I'm a, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. A lot to you, a lot <laughs> to you, brother. You know this is truly a teaching moment because I've never had anyone to like elaborate on who they are. And I think it's mm-hmm. very important that that is noted that mm-hmm. you are a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And depending on that moment or that time, and and it's, it is important that we don't put ourselves in a box. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think a lot of times in life, a lot of times we, so let's say, I, 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 I'm going to say it anyway, because um, um, there's some of you that's watching right now and your your major frustration right now is the fact that you don't know which way to go. And it's because you're looking at one thing. And a lot of times we have multiple giftings, we have multiple ideas, multiple visions, but it is like we feel like we're in that tug of war trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? What exactly? But the truth of the matter is, is what you do is not who you are. So the reality of it is, is you could do one thing over here and still be effective in working over here at the same time simultaneously. But if you're in the space of, no, I'm doing this because this is what I am. Like, I'm a mechanic because I work on cars. Well, no, I know how to work on cars, but that don't make me I'm a mechanic. That's not who I'm limiting myself to. If anything, I'm a business owner. I'm a CEO, right? Which is a different type of mentality, right? So it's it's all about perception. It's about how you see yourself, how you see things, and how you uh, perceive things in life that determines the, the narrative and how and the lens and how you're going to look at it and how you handle things in life. And so I'm saying this to say, because there's many people that's out there, your major frustration is mm-hmm. you don't know which way to go because you're good at everything you put your hands to. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. you put your hands to, you can learn something real quick. Mm-hmm. It's easy, it's simple. You got it. You got it down pack. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I do with this? And then you got those other people that's on the other side that's saying, well, I love God and I feel this call to ministry. I feel this call to this, but this is what's paying me. And I'm very passionate about this career. I'm very passionate about this over here. And then you feel like that war going on versus secular versus sacred. But the truth of the matter is, is even your passion can be your platform for ministry. So being able to be in a space where you understand that God didn't make you linear. He made you multifaceted. It'll help you recognize and accept that it's okay for me to have multifaceted things going at the same time. So So you done got started. (laughs) Y'all listen, he done, got, he done got started on the intro. And listen, for those of you that are listening, y'all just got a good tip on, you You know, the old saying, um, Jack of all trades, master, master was it none. master at none? Mm-hmm. That's what they say. What, what you just did, what you just laid out that, you know, the, it's the very thing that you're most passionate, you know, at, right? Right. So it's it's kind of like it's kind of like in the same token. It's like 
that whole saying, and I'm gonna I'm tell you guys something. That saying messed me up. It messed me up in life because it made me feel like I had to go in just in one thing and one thing oh, only. Wow. And so, you, we literally, we're multifaceted, man. We're, we're bigger than if you, if you, if you could take a picture of your spirit, man, um, in a room, you would see that your spirit is bigger than the house you live in. I like that. And so, to be able to be in a space that you're just stuck in one thing because you think that that's what I got to do and this is what this is and this is what that is is limiting of yourself and limiting of your potential. Um, now, I'm not saying nothing against, against those things, those people who like their career, who go after that one thing or do their one ministry, whatever the case may be. To those people, that's great. But I'm, I'm speaking specifically to those who are creatives and those who, who are multifaceted like myself. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost as though you get bored after a while, right? I'm right. going to say this to you. Success for you, oh God, this is good. Success yeah. for you, as an individual may not look like success for everybody else. And so what I mean by that is, is the whole concept of being a jack of all trades with a master of none, to some people, that is a negative thing. Oh, you don't know how to focus in on one thing. But the reality of it is, is if I'm a jack of all trades and I can, I can move in different areas, success for me is I have multiple streams of income coming to me. Wow. Right? It's all about perception. Now, the wise thing to do is to have passive and lump sum income coming in so you can you can really get ahead in life, right? The Bible even teaches about investing and having seven ventures that you have. Uh, Solomon wrote about that in Ecclesiastes. So this whole concept of being a jack of all trades and, and master of none, that's one, one man's opinion about somebody else that they didn't understand. But if I judge myself according to the standards of somebody else's um, a mentality, a thought form. I'm gonna fail every single time. Oh my God, that 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 is so so good. And see, you could just do a whole hour just on that and that alone. So I'm just hoping that everybody's <laughs> sitting down. I know by now you're already at the edge of your seat, rocking. <laughs> so I I, I'll just say, I, I I'll just say this. I'll say this. What you can do for those of you who are like that, take time to write it down. Okay. Right? Take time, first step, first things first, write it down, write down all that you want to do, right? Then when you, after you write it down, see the end of it. I'm giving away trade secrets right now. Yes, you this are. Is, this, is, this is stuff that, that people pay thousands of dollars a year. Yes, it is. I'm, about, I'm giving it to you right now. See the end of it. See the success of each one of those ventures. What does the success look like to you? And then work backwards from the success. So what did it take to get to that place of success for you? So if success in your business is I have uh, uh, multiple clients, recurring clients, um, I have new clients that's coming in, what is it going to take for me to do that? That means I got to have a marketing plan. I got to have a strategy plan for retention of clients to keep them up. So having some type of um, brand ambassador type of program or something that, that rewards them. So now I'm working backwards in my mind what I need to place in position so after I work backwards from the success vision point, then I can begin to take the first step because now I knew all the steps that took. I need this many people to work for me. This is how many people I need to be. Now, in the, in the same token as a, a jack of all trades, not a master of none, the reality of it is, y'all want to know the truth about it? You don't have to be the master of the thing that you're, that you're doing to mm. be successful, right? Mm. I, right, now, right now, I have a school. Um, I'm very capable. I can teach, I can do all these different things. I've got a lot of life experiences. 
But the reality of it is it's not wisdom or advantageous for me to try to do everything. So what do I do? I find people, check this out, that are better than me in that particular area. There you go. There you go. And I give them an opportunity to use what they're passionate about doing, but on my platform, so I still can feel the place of, um, of fulfillment within me that I'm fulfilling the assignment that's been given to me. But I'm also answering two things. I'm now giving somebody else an opportunity to do what they're passionate about doing. You follow what I'm saying? And ultimately, I'm still working my vision. Exactly. I'm, I'm still being successful. So it's so many different things. It's all about perception. The biggest thing I can say to us in this moment, and, I, and we can move on, is you must change the way you view you. Mm. Until you change the way you view you, you will always see yourself fighting for something coming out of something, being in that space, you always see that. And I'm sorry to tell you, all those things sound admirable and amazing, but the truth of the matter is, is the mentality that God has for you, which is the mentality Christ had, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, is you're not fighting for victory, you're fighting with victory. You're, you're not coming out of a situation, you're just walking into the fulfillment of promise. It's, it's, it, I know it sounds like a uh, just a twist on one, to play of words, but the reality of it is the spiritual componency around it, surrounds it, is more positive for me to be going into something than be coming out of something. Coming out of something denotes that I made a mistake somewhere, or I did something wrong, or my my upbringing wasn't the greatest. And, and I don't need to be reminded of, of how to struggle. I've been in that space, right? So I need to see the fullness of what God says about me and begin to understand that what he showed me about me is not coming, but it is now. I'm just in the walk in the process of walking out the manifestation of it. But I am already going back to what I am, right? <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> but see, it makes sense. So you brought it full circle. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard Dr. Dr. Joshua D. Mills. Yes. I mean Mills. So you see, I didn't tell you guys his credentials. So y'all got some free advice for real, for real. You have to pay a whole lot, whole lot of money for. So, you know, you still got time to call up your friends, family, you know, and your enemies. Let them know about what's happening this morning. You want to uh, be a, a, a blessing to someone and make sure that they get this word. And then, of course, you can always go back to the replay. So let me move forward, bro. Please share with the people. This is real good now. Share with the people your impact that you want to leave on this earth when you go home to be with the Lord. Please, Ooh. please share your desired drive, you know, moving forward. <laughs> what you That's want a, to leave. Most people call it legacy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, um, it's a heavy statement, and I'm and not not because I don't have words to use, but I understand the weight of what was just asked me. Yes, sir. And it and it's something to take in consideration. But I want my legacy um to be the impact that I've made on communities. Um meaning that good, that's good. that is is not just the space for me it's not enough for me just to preach right because preaching to me is not just me speaking something but it's what i do first and then the explanation of why i did what i did that's the full definition of preaching for me so jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom he was just demonstrating first and then explained his demonstration 
So for me, because I have that mentality, I'm all about community advancement. I'm all about, um, it's not, a, it's not enough for me just for my family to win y'all. Like for me, legacy, a legacy for me is, is that I've made such an impact. I'm, and I'm be quite honest with you guys. My goal is to buy cities. Um, wow. I want to literally change the structure of how the system is established. Hunger, nakedness, uh, homelessness. I want to do everything um, that we were that Jesus said. He said that when I was naked, that you didn't do it. He's like when you did did you did it to the least of them, you did it unto me. So this is what my drive is. Everything that I'm doing is my my drive is for that. And it, and not only is it for now, but every decision I'm making is 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 faith forward. It's about the future as well. What impacts can I make? What announcements can I make? Um, through my mouth, but what announcements can I make through my actions as well that will be impactful? Um, so to to leave something, if I could leave anything, I want to leave an idea. I want to leave um, a concept that there is a more excellent way. And, and even if I don't see it right now, and it may not be the culture right now, I can affect the culture to lead us into that space of excellence. And excellence for me looks like, it don't look like just black people. It looks like all of humanity working together in harmony and moving forward in the fullness of what God says. And I'm, I'm gonna say this and just give a little, a little precursor, just a little nugget. God mm -hmm. cares about the entirety of humanity, right? Yes. And, and against proper belief of what we're facing right now in this earth, there's a bigger scheme and a bigger plan that God has for the entirety of the cosmos, the earth. Yes. And until we start thinking that way, we're going to continue to bicker and fight with each other because we have no vision for what's forward. So what, when I start thinking about the future, I'm thinking about 50, 60 years down the line that I want to be such of an impact. Not only are we uh, pushing forth in education and in medicine and music of, uh, of all these different areas, but even in space exploration, like I'm thinking that mm. far ahead of the time. I know that sounds crazy to some people, mm, but no, no. I look at, owning a space shuttle and being able to explore what's going on in the earth you know outside the earth and around the other planets and everything i'm thinking that far ahead and i know you know that's kind of taboo but the reality of it is is if we don't think about those things we're going to continue to repeat the same cycles and that's what's going on right now in the earth we keep repeating every same cycle there's nothing they say there's nothing new on the sun because we ain't trying to create nothing new all right so where do we start though? Come on, bro. I like this. So where do we where do we start for the people that are thinking in in your in, in your space? You know, what where what's a good start? Because in the in a on a small spectrum, you know, we'll start with one person. Right. So so the reality of the first thing to start is is recognizing that you're able. You as the individual have an answer. You're not just here just to be here. Every one of us is here with a purpose and a plan that God has for us, right? And the truth of the matter is, it may not be what everybody else is doing, but understand that you are, you are, you were born here with a solution to be a solution, right? Not just to, just to be here, right? Just to settle for what's going on, not being conformed to what's going on, but understand that I am, I as an individual am powerful enough to affect change in a major way. And when I believe that about myself, then I'm willing to now begin to lay aside my isms and schisms within myself and begin to work with other people who see that they have that value too. So now instead of it being one person, now it's two people, 
two could chase 10,000, right? That's what the Bible says. One could chase 1,000, two could chase 10,000. So, and I keep on adding. So, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, about ministry and stuff. And it's like, well, do you got members and where this and that? I don't believe in members. One, because the Bible never tells us to join nobody's church and, and be no members. I'm probably going to get you in trouble, Deb. You got me Listen, I can handle it. Come on now. I can handle it. Come <laughs> on now. The, the Bible never tells us to join any church, to join any type of situation. What I'm looking for and what I deal with, and I deal with partners, I need you to partner with me because if you're a member, that means you're waiting for me to give you something to do something for you. But if you're my partner, then you're willing to put in work with me to actually affect change. So I need you to understand that with that partnership, that there's a responsibility for you to show up because I need you. You know what I'm saying? So the the it's an exchange. It's, it's, it's interdependency, but also codependency with each other, right? Wow. So, but that's the picture. Now check this out. That's the picture of the cross. Vertical relationship and horizontal relationship. Outward. Wow. That's what the picture of the cross is supposed to show us. You know, even though it was used as, as a, um, the corporate punishment during that time, but the message of the cross, it shows the vertical relationship and then the horizontal, it shows us together. And Jesus prayed in John 17, he said, Father, as you and I are one, let them also be one with us. So the other thing is, the third thing is, I have to recognize I can't do it by myself. Exactly. I need, I need help. I need people. Um, and there's nothing in life with this business, with this ministry, whatever you got in your life, if you're going to be successful in it, it's going to take people. So, and I, and I've been quoted to say, and noted to say here recently that if you want to be successful in business and in anything in this life, um, um, nowadays, you cannot be a, uh, prolific, uh, introvert. Like you have to literally have to be willing to be extroverted at times, even yes, though sir. you may be introverted. You can, you still have to express yourself no, you and be out come there out of that. to be, right. You got to, you got to, and, and it may not be coming out of the core of who you are, right? Okay. But for, for the purposes of getting the work done, mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. to extend myself. I got to be willing mm -hmm. to extend myself. And so um, the other thing is, is I can't be afraid. I can't be afraid of the no's and I can't be afraid of getting it wrong. Okay. Right. And I think that that's, that's the other problem. We, we want to be so perfect Everything has to be perfect. I, I know I'm answering a whole lot of stuff and I'm dealing with a whole lot of stuff at some mm -hmm. where we're talking about this. Um, but the reality of it is, is even within that, within the concept of leaving legacy, I understand that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to get it all right. Right. I have to be willing to get it wrong. Matter of fact, as, a, as the way I do things is I go in looking and hoping that I'm wrong. Right. So I can learn what not to do so I can be better to teach somebody else how to do it the next time. Right. But if I get it right every time, it's like, oh man, this is right. I ain't learned. And that ain't even life, though. <laughs> Josh, that ain't even life. Right. That's not even how life works. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And so, but you know, I'm gonna tell you something interesting. Interesting concept. So, um, I had this conversation. Uh, we all we still in the same thing. So y'all follow us. Um, so we, I gotta be careful with you because I'll be running off. We'll be chasing rabbits in our conversations. So, I'll um, let you do. I'll let you know. You're so interesting. So it's all good. I had I had this conversation. Um, I'm gonna tell you guys. My grandmother. My gra Oh, my grandmother. I love my grandmother. My grandma. My grandma used to be mean. mean. No. And so what? One day, um, 
she was in there fussing, man. My grandma was in a wheelchair, had a stroke. She was in a wheelchair for raising sand. Y'all hear me? Raising sand. And uh, so I was I was ironing my clothes. I was about to go to an event. And I had to go. I think I had to go speak at something somewhere. But I was ironing my clothes. And then I went in the room while she was just fussing, just going at it. And I'm like, you know, they growing up, they used to tell us, you can't argue by yourself. You know, it takes two to argue. Shoot, my grandma will argue by herself. <laughs> Listen, she will be herself. So, uh, what, what happened was, I went in there. Now, mind you, I didn't, I didn't know that I had said what I said until after I said it. But at which, which would let me know that I didn't know it, it wasn't me. It wasn't me because even her response wasn't like, "Boy, don't you talk to me like that?" Nothing like that. But I said to her. I said, Grandma, I said, why are you crying over spilled milk? And and she said, huh? I said, why are you crying over spilled milk? I said, I said, you, you, you um being mad about it's not changing the situation, right? Unless you're gonna do something diff- different to change the situation. And I'm saying this to her, one even thinking to myself, like, man, that's you have to be out of your mind. Right. But just that quick that it happened, I walked out and I started ironing my clothes again. Now she got completely quiet. Wow. And started thinking about what I was saying to her. But while I was ironing, God started speaking to me and was like, that's why a lot of people struggle. And what I mean by that is, is the subconscious culture, right? Um, growing up, um, if you grow up in, in the neighborhood where you didn't have a lot of money, different things, if you wasted milk, it was a big thing because it's all equated back to money. But a lot of times, we didn't have an opportunity that we were taught we were fussed at. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, uh, don't you spill that milk. Don't be wasting my money. Blah, 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 blah. They never asked us, what did you learn from you spilling that milk? And so what happened with that, within the culture and the lens of that environment, in the back of your mind, it started being a grain. I got to be perfect in everything I do. And the mm-hmm. truth of the matter is, I'm going to be honest with you guys, everybody's listening. The only thing you'll ever be perfect get is you. I know. Let me let me, let me say it again. The only thing you'll be perfect at in life is you being you, right? And here's the flip side of that: there is no no perfect blueprint for the per- perfection of you. The only blueprint comes about well, as you're living life. You're finding the glory that's in your life. So the glory is not the end of the journey of your life. The glory is the journey itself. So you got to learn how to enjoy even your mistakes because your mistakes are opportunity for growth, to learn, mm-hmm. to expand, right? So, so within that, a lot of times we didn't get that. And that was subconsciously embedded over and over again. It would happen in so many different areas. And our parents did the best they knew how to do. They, they did the best. And mind you, back in like the 50s and 40s, 60s, uh, mental health and emotional intelligence wasn't something that was really pushed especially in the black community. We didn't, we weren't aware of those things. So a lot of the stuff was do as I say, not as I do. Uh, exactly. Do what I tell you to do. Um, um, Cause I said so. Yes. And then you get that butt whooping, right? You know? yes. <laughs> and they was like, I'm gonna beat you now. So they won't beat you in the street, right? So right. that's the type of stuff that we were raised in and that type of culture and that mentality. And so what happened is, is in the back of your mind, I can't really make no mistake. I can't afford to make no mistakes. And that's the way, whether you know it or not, that's the way your brain works. Your subconscious mind really actually leads your life. There's so many people in life, if you do a study, there are so many people in life that go through life and never have an original thought for themselves. 
they live off of learned behavior. Is that programmed or conditioned thinking? It's, it's, it's conditioning, it's constructs, um, it's principles of thought. Um, in the first seven years of our upbringing, um, as a child, our brains are sponged. We're learning from the five senses, right? But there's also a sixth sense that we learn from as well, which is intuition, that we don't, we don't recognize which our subconscious mind begin to take in. Our subconscious brain, the portion of our subconscious brain, literally picks up everything that our conscious mind don't pick up. So even while we're in this, in, the, in this interview right now, I'm looking at the phone, I'm looking at you and I'm talking to you, but in my subconscious mind, my subconscious mind is recording everything that's happening in my peripheral vision and everything that's going on. Yeah, even though I, I may not that. be conscious of that. I so, that. So even my habits of how I handle money, how I handle relationships, how I handle people, all those things are taught to a child within the first seven years. Whether you say something or not, they're still learning. They're still growing. They're still expanding. So their fears, they're taught to them. So even my children, because I understood that when my babies were learning how to walk, when they would fall and stumble and everybody was like, oh my God, oh no, are you okay? I would say, we would, we would say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. We need our children to understand even as babies, it's okay to fall because you can get back up. So this is the type of stuff that we were teaching our, and I still teach my children. You know, we're, we're doing that because we were, we're thinking forward. You can't change your narrative if you're not willing to change the way you think, right? And there's no right for you to complain if you're not willing to change. So you have to literally be willing, even if you don't know everything, right? If you see that something's not right and it doesn't feel right, then you got to do something. You're, you, you are responsible to bring forth change in it. One of my mentors told me, he said, Joshua, you must understand that pain does not come in your life to be painful. It comes to show you where there needs to be adjustments. And I said, mm. say that again. Wow. He said, pain does not come in your life to be painful. It comes to show you where there needs to be adjustments. He says, understand that the sensories of pain in your brain is not just to be painful. There's a purpose for the pain that you're experiencing in your brain. And it's sending signals to your brain, to your nervous system that something's off or something needs to be adjusted in your body. Well, it's the same thing in life. There needs to be an adjustment. If you're going through pain, emotional, uh, a mental, uh, relationship, all kinds of different things. There must be adjustments. And a lot of times, the sad part about it, the adjustments is we think the adjustments has to do with somebody else. And it's not. It's with us. We have to make the adjustment within us. And a lot of times, is the adjustment is, is how we see ourselves. And how we see ourselves will determine what are we willing to give into? What are we willing to allow to happen? Um, another quote that I heard, I'm big, I mean, I'm a study, I'm a student of life. So I love the study, the study of the mind and everything. Um, I heard this quote by um, Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike said this, and I know people didn't like Reverend Ike because Reverend Ike was so far ahead of his time and he was saying something completely different from the Pentecostal churches and different things and they thought he was doing voodoo and all this other stuff. This man used the word of God. He used the word of God and he saw it from a different perspective. And that's why he taught the way he taught. But people didn't understand that. They, they, they only saw through a slave's mentality view. And he was seeing it from a free man's view. Okay, that's another subject for another day. Man, he says something. Reverend Ike says something. He says, he says, when people mistreat me, I don't ask myself, why did they treat me bad? I ask myself, why did I teach them to treat me that way?
Oh, wow, that's strong. I heard that changed my life. I, it changed my life. And so with that, with that in life, a lot of times when pain happens, we, we tend to shy away from pain. We want to put it away. We want to do, we want to suppress it. We want to just get out of the pain, the pain body. But the truth of the matter is, is pain is not against you. Pain is a master teacher that God gave us to understand how to make adjustments in our lives so we can survive, so we can wow. thrive. Pain is right? a master teacher. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so we can thrive in life, right? But if I keep trying to suppress pain, I'll never look into it to see why I'm pain. Why is the pain here in the first place? And if I don't look into it, then I'm, I'm, I'm probably gearing myself up to continue to feel that same pain over and over again. So it's like, it's kind of like that dog, that, uh, this, that quote is a story. Uh, the guy comes into a city, comes into town, and he walks up to this guy's porch, and there's a dog on the porch that's going, oh, 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 and he's like, hey, 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 how you doing? He's like, I'm good. He's like, why, why your dog just sitting there just hollering? He said he's sitting on a rusted nail. He says, so well, why won't he get up? He said, I guess he's not tired yet. And that's the way we are. We go through pain, and, and, and I, not only that, especially as melanated people, we have a high tolerance for pain. I know this is going to be crazy, but I'm about to say what I'm going to say it anyway. If you think about it, the way that our DNA is structured, we were the only people in humanity who could handle slavery. Wow. The way our bodies keloid, even when, when we were whipped, when, when our skin was ripped from us, um, even down to the sun working, we were the only ones, <laughs> that sounds crazy, who could handle it. But check this out. It shows our strength. The problem with this is, is because we have a, a high tolerance for pain, we don't look into pain. We rather deal with it and just internalize it and walk through it instead of dealing with it and finding out how to make the adjustments so we won't be in that pain no more. That's a whole other message. So oh, we, you, we you have took to... the words right out of my mouth because <laughs> I got so many questions to that alone. And that's just a whole nother time. Because it's like so many questions came to mind when you said that, that I know people need answers to, but Today is not the day. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But of course, you know you got to come back on another yeah. time. Yeah. Because yeah. what I want you to do, I know y'all want to just rest in this with it. This just what <laughs> now look. I want to rest in it too. I do. It was so necessary. I got so many questions. To, 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 you, know, and, you know, the crazy part about everything I'm saying is leading right into your your, your following question to reveal so you can heal. When we start dealing with the pain, when we start dealing with the pain bodies and the things, and that's what happened for me. Like I literally, I stopped looking at everybody else as my problem. And I saw that what my life was at, the common denominator in my life and all the things that happened in my life was me, not other people, me. So every decision I made, where I am in life right now is a direct result of how I was taught to think. And until I'm, I was willing to change the way I thought and to challenge myself to get around other people who think on a higher realm than me or who can say, hey, you know what? Look at it this way 
and guide me in that space until I was willing to do that, I was still just living in that pain body. I was living in that high tolerance of pain. And so in that space of me going in that space and living my life out there, I kept living out of my trauma, out of my yesterday. Oh my God. I'm preaching Go ahead, right now. Tracy. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Handle that, trans- uh, that transparent moment. You got it. Go ahead. Listen, listen, listen. I, you got I, it. I, I lived out of my trauma, my trauma body. I lived out of the pain. And what I did was I made decisions and saying I heard God. Really, I was hearing the, the voice of my trauma. Man, you better preach. Right? I was hearing the voice of my pain that did not want to be painful. Now, check this out. I didn't want to be in that pain, but I wasn't willing to, I wasn't willing to face the pain. So what I do, I try to cope with the pain by finding fillers for the pain I made mess. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> right? I made a mess. And not only, now, now when I did that, what I did was I brought other people into that mess because I wasn't willing to look at my pain. Oh my God. And then now we have the interactions in relationships and stuff. And we're wondering why we're bumping heads is because we're connected on pain and not love. My, my, my. Right? I can't, I can't effectively love you if I don't love myself. Right? So some of us, some of us get into relationships and situations. And the truth of the matter, the reason why we're in that situation is because it's self-inflicted, self-inflicted wounds and pain that we think that we're worthy of because of what we think of ourselves. So we get in situations and we connect with people and we think, oh, this is going to be that, this is going to be better, this is going to be better. But it's really what's drawing to me, and this is something else about your subconscious mind, your subconscious mind is an antenna. It sings signals and it receives signals. And it begins to operate within it, what we call the law of attraction, or the Bible says it this way, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Uh-huh. So that law of attraction begins to work. I begin to pull for, for what I'm comfortable with. So you heard the saying that we marry who we are. Yeah, that's what they say. Or, or they say, they say uh, when you're in a relationship, the mirror goes up. You see yourself, right? And a lot of times we attract what we are. They may not be exactly us and do the same habits as us, but the pain is the same pain. It's the pain. Right. And so mm. I get connected on that space. Now, this is the very thing. It's very interesting because... Uh, Pain and love is 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 the same. They have the same power. My God, my God. We we can talk about this for hours. Pain and pain and love are are on the same coin, but they're they're the opposite ends of the coin. Just like just like <laughs> fear and faith is. They're just the same. It's 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 the same energy. It's the same power. One like is more negative, huh? Like a heads and tail cone. Absolutely. Heads and tail. It's the same. Here's the concept. Let me give it to y'all. I'm giving y'all some deep stuff right here, but buckle up. Yeah. The coin itself is energy or spirit. We can use that language. That's what it is. But how I display it is based upon the narrative of the lens and how I look at it. So if if I'm in pain, I'm only going to see through a lens of pain. Now I'm offended with everything. I'm always on the defense. I don't trust nobody. I don't trust myself. I don't do this. I do, and all this stuff starts from the space of the seed that's within us of our own identity, how we view ourselves, right? That space, maybe this is what I'm supposed to go through. 
And then we had the nerve to bring God in this. Oh, oh, oh God, God allowed this. I just recently um, posted on Facebook probably a couple of weeks ago. I heard the Lord simply say to me, tell them God didn't allow this. We did. Wow. Because we're so, we're so, it's amazing how, how hyper-religious we can become and we want to put God on everything when we mess up or put the devil on things when we mess up and put God on things when we, when it's blessed or when it works the way we think it's supposed to happen. Uh -huh. But the reality of it is, it's a reflection of us. It's a reflection mm -hmm. of how we think. The environment that we're in, the environment that we're living in, and who, who we're interacting with. And so, you know, me going through this process in pain, you know, going through that, I had an infidelity moment. Yeah. You know, um, and the reality of it is, is when, when that happened, that was the highlight of my pain mm. that spoke. But the reality of it is, is, is there was a lot of other stuff that was going on in the midst of all my pain, right? Right. But I'm still hearing God, right? I'm hearing right, God. Right, God right, spoke right, to me. He was right, saying, right. oh, yeah, Nasha, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Listen, listen. I was praying for people. People were getting healed, opening blinding eyes, limbs growing out, COPD, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, bronchitis, acute bronchitis, deaf ears been open. Miracles. Y'all hear me? But you know, gifts come without repentance. Listen, what that really means doesn't mean that you can do what you want to do. What that I really agree. means. I totally what, agree. What that scripture really means is in spite of you, God is not going to change his mind concerning what he gave you. Teach, bro. Teach. That's what that really means. And so I hear a lot of people say, well, give a call. They ain't got nothing to do with you. It got, okay. everything to do with, it got everything to do with his faithfulness towards mankind. It ain't got nothing to do with it. Notice. Notice, so, bro. So there's a lot of stuff that, that was going on in that space, in my pain. And I'm thinking God is speaking to me and he's going, and, and he was using me. I was being used, right? But it wasn't until I sat down with myself and had a conversation and said, what are you doing? What are you, what are you really doing? And then the other question I had to ask myself was this, what do you really want? And, I, and I've never, I'm going to tell you something, out of all the years I've lived, I've never asked myself, what do I really want? Very important question. And, and so I'm just living life, and I'm like, okay, I'm just living, I'm doing what I got to do. And I'm wondering why I'm getting the results, but I've never really had a goal. I never really had a purpose. I never really had something that I, that I believed in that I really want, because I didn't believe in myself. Mm. So when I, when I speak of, when you ask me, who am I? And I say, well, the better answer is, what am I? It's, it's directly from that space of me revealing and healing because God had revealed to me, you are my son. My, my, my. I called you forth for a purpose. And this is what the intent of your life is. You're not a mistake. You have an assignment on your life. There's a purpose for you living here. So once I begin to understand that, then I stop living out of my pain. I start following my purpose. And, and in the midst of that, in the midst of me doing that, I still had to answer for my mistakes. I had to answer for the things that I did in my pain. My, my, I, was not, I was not looking for God just to erase everything and me not handle nothing like nothing happened. I still had to repent for the infidelity. I still had to try to make things work and try to fix things um, in my relationship 
um, <clears throat> because of the things that I brought to the relationship because of my pain. That's the true order of authority that comes through um, that comes through um, acceptance of self and what parts you played in the situation. So you now can take your authority. As long as I'm willing to point the finger at somebody else, I give up my power and I stay a victim. It's not until I acknowledge my wrong and what part I had to play. I know this is a very touchy, touchy, touchy subject, but I'm going to bring this up because I feel like I need to. You need but to. But even, even in the spaces of domestic violence, yes, in relationships, I hear a lot of women or the person who's been beat on, because there's men been beat on too. For those of you who don't know, men get their butt whooped too. Okay. Right. Um, and so it's not something that's that's funny, but it's it's serious. Um, but even in those situations, I find a lot of people who who were on the receiving end mm -hmm. and they find themselves in a space of of just down. And they're like, well, how do I get out of this? I don't know. There's no hope for me. Mm -hmm. And I found myself counseling one person in particular. And one day while I was talking to this person, the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to me and tell them that they're not weak. You're not weak. You're not a victim. But the problem is, is you keep thinking that you are a victim. And because you think you are a victim, you keep confessing that you are a victim by every time you open your mouth. And, and what has to happen in that situation is you got to take a look at a hard look at yourself in that situation. And that hard look that nobody wants to talk about is I chose to stay. And when you're willing to make that acknowledgement and accept that, you know what, I had a part to play in me getting beat up or this situation to be in the way it is because I chose to stay in it, even when I could have left because, and, and I know, I know this is a very touchy subject. Um, uh, but you're telling me, the what, truth, though. I know you're, me, you're speaking to someone that lived that life. So I know what you're saying is facts. It is the truth. I had to take accountability. I had and as long and as long as you say, as long as you say, I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know why this is happening. You give up your authority. You give up your right. You give up your power. And until you're able to say that you won't find strength to overcome what you went through. You must take your authority back. And the first way you take it back is by seeing your part that you played in the pain body. You have right? to. You have you got to. to. You got to. And so when, when we begin to do that type of stuff, and I, and I talk about that, a lot of people are like, well, will you, have you been in that type of situation? Uh, no, but my, 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 unfortunately, my mother went through those type, of, she was in a relationship like that, and I had to see that I was up trying to stop them from fighting and stuff. And I'm, I was living that life as a child. I saw these things. And the reason why I can say what I'm saying to you guys is because my mother overcame because she finally took authority and said, you know what? I had a part to play in this situation. Absolutely. And when she did that, I remember the conversations we were having because I was, I was upset. I was hurt. I was like, well, why do we have to go through those things? And I know I probably talked to her head off and questioned her 50 million times. And I want to say something. I really honor my mother because my mother, even in those times, even though it was hurtful for me to bring those things up to her, she still was willing to talk with me so I can gain understanding about the things so it can help me reconcile. And so that's a word for someone who are going through something with your child mm. right now. Mm. And you're like, well, do as I say, now as I do, or it ain't your business. No, express and teach that child 
why things have to be different Answer and how questions. things can be Answer different. Right? You got to do that because you don't want to repeat those cycles. And I'm so Absolutely. grateful that my mother was that way. And, and it, and it really changed my life and it shed, it, it, it shaped, um, even the, my perception and how I view things and how I view a lot of situations and stuff, but, but going through those type of pains and going through those type of things and even forgiving my mother because yes. of the things that, that she, that she went through. And now mind you, my mother was going through what she was going through because she was a manic depressant. She was diagnosed as a manic depression and she was going through a lot of different things in her life and the trauma, the pain bodies that she went through in her life and everything. Right, All that right. stuff was overwhelming for her. And I'm just a child. I didn't know what it was. I'm just knowing that this don't feel right and that don't look right. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. But I had to come to a grip to, to forgive my mother, right? For for her still growing. Did y'all hear me? My mother had not arrived yet. That's a word. So once still I grow. start going through in my life, I start paying attention. I need to have more grace with my mother because my mother's still human. She's still growing. Right? And that's how it is in life with people. My father, my father, for those of you who don't know, I'm just revealing the healing all together. All together. My Please father, do. I didn't know my father. I located my father when I was 19 years old. And I had the conversation with my father. And my father says to me, I asked him, I said, what happened? And he says to me, son, I'm going to give you a straightforward answer, man to man. Because at this time, I'm, I'm a young adult. I'm a 19, about to be 20, trying to get my own, feeling myself. I had some little facial hair. I was like, yeah, yeah. So uh, about to go to college. And he said to me, he said, son, he said, I'm not, I'm not proud of what I've done. He said, I paid for an abortion before you. And I, think, I think he paid for four or five after me. Wanted to pay for one with me. My mother wouldn't allow it, um, which is a whole other story. But um, what ended up happening is he told me, he said, I was running from my responsibilities. I was in the military. I didn't care. I, w- I was just, and he was like, this is the lifestyle. This is what I was taught. This is what I thought. Now, mind you, my, fa- my father never knew his father. So it's a cycle. It was a cycle that was going on. I was 19 years old and I had to ask myself a question at 19. Do I forgive him? Or do I miss another 19 years? I chose to forgive. And it's like that in, in life. We can either shy away from the pain or we can look into it and overcome it. And a lot of times in that space of the pain, once we overcome the pain, we'll find out that it was love the whole time. Absolutely. It was just misappropriated love and was misunderstood love or misdescribed or prescribed love, but it was still that same energy, that same coin. Went right back to the same. Yeah, I like how we're doing. I would take this and bring us right back. You know, right? look, you've been bringing it full circle. Yes, right. you do. Bring it right back. So, but 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 in order for us to to heal, and I'm gonna say this, I want to say this to to those of you that's listening. This heal and reveal, this reveal and heal concept. It's not a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You, Say that again. You, you literally have to understand Bruh. that in this life, in this journey, we're going to go through things. There's things. It's part of life. It's called, it's called growth, right? In growth, we have growing pains, right? And in, those, in, those, in the midst of those growing pains that we go through and that we have um, in that space and in that, in that arena, um, we don't stop growing. 
we we grow through the pain. And that's how life is. We got to learn how to go through pain. But in hopes, the fullness of the greatest thing that you can do is become aware of self, right? If you are aware of you, then you know when you're offended. You know when you when you feel some type of way. Don't ignore that stuff. Don't escape. The worst thing we can ever do is push stuff up under the rug. Talk about it. And I'm going to say this too. This whole people, these people out here talking about, well, I just want to keep peace. There is no peace if there's things hidden. The only way, the only way you can ever truly find peace is through transparency. The revealing. Right. And revealing. So in that space, even in relationships with people, right? I'm going to say, I love you, but I don't see you. You don't see me. Intimacy is into me, I see, and into you, I see, right? So I need to be able to see in me to recognize who I am and where I am and what I'm feeling, emotional intelligence, so I can convey that to you and express to you who you are, who I am, and what I'm capable of being for you, right? And you need to be able to do the same thing for me. And all this stuff came about after I make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Exactly, exactly. I learned all this the human stuff. side of you. That's it. And and I'm gonna tell you something, coach. The biggest thing that changed my life was I changed the way and how hard I was on me. Right. And I and I start giving it's amazing. I can give grace to everybody else but me. Right. So when I start giving grace to myself to allow myself to grow and to expand, even in the midst of my mistakes, to understand that my mistake, mistake isn't a bad thing, it's a learning. It's an opportunity. It's a stepping stone. It's about how I grow from it, expand from it, right? Now, if I keep making mistakes and I don't learn nothing from it, there's something wrong. Something wrong. Now, now we got to look at whether or not this person is insane or not, because by definition, insanity is doing the same thing over and over. That's exactly right. So, so being in that space, if I make a mistake, and I think I heard, I heard someone say that Ben Franklin, I think that's who, who did the light bulb, um, if he if he failed, quote unquote, failed ninety nine times, he didn't see it as a failure. He just saw ninety nine ways not for it to work. Right? He learned ninety nine ways that won't work. It only matters the one way that works. That's pretty much what people remember. And so that's how it is in our lives. We can't be concerned with how many times we get it wrong. The Bible says a righteous man falls down seven times, My God. but he gets back up, right? What makes him righteous? Not because he, he he fell down seven times, but really the poetic language of the number seven in that speaks of a, of a perfect number, a number of completion, that you can fall down so many times until you come into completion. That's what makes you righteous, right standings that you come into completion, that you get back up. It's not about how many times you fall. It's about the fact that you know that you can get back up because now you're leading and and being led into the fullness of your authority, the fullness of who you are, your identity, to know that you are more powerful and stronger than what you're facing, right? So being in that space, when you understand that righteous man falls down seven times, don't mean that I only only get seven times to fall. That's not what that means. It means that even in the worst case scenario of of my perfected failure, God is still with me. Bro, bro, bro. Listen. Oh, my God. Wait, coach, did I just say perfected failure? I did. Perfect. Listen, I 
I'm good at mess. Listen, I'm a messed up. I'm I messed up twice today already, and I'm I'm geared to mess up. It's not eight forty. Uh, 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 I'm geared to to mess up at least three more times before I go to sleep tonight. Right? I had to understand that in this life, it's not about what other people think of me. I had to get delivered of that. It's you know one of my 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 favorite quotes and slogans is right now, and I got T-shirts. Um, that I'm putting out so y'all y'all be looking for. Okay, okay. Uh, the T-shirt says, "It's not my business what you think of me." Oh wow! Right, because a lot of us live our lives. Every decision we make is about what we let this out. It's about what we think people might think of us, not what they actually said about us, but what we might think that they might say about us because we don't want to be looked at a certain way. But who cares how people see? Regardless of what you do in life, people are gonna talk about you. Whether you're doing good, bad, ugly, and different, they're gonna talk about you. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It's about what you answer to, and it's about what you believe about you. So, so understanding that that I'm not living my life for the eyes of other people or their critique. I'm living my life for me. I'm living my life to enjoy my life. It's my life, right? <laughs> And I can't, I can't live my life successful and enjoyable, or, or the way Jesus said that that I come that you may have life and life more. But I can't have that abundant life as long as I'm thinking about what people think of me. That's torment, right? It's not perfect love. So I've learned to live. I've learned to be patient with myself. I've learned to to allow myself time to mess up because I'm not perfect. And the only thing I can ever be perfect at is being me. And there's no perfect blueprint of being me. And so every time I mess up, it's an opportunity for me to learn a blueprint. Say, you know what? That's not the way to go. Let's go this way. Right? And that's how I live. And I'm okay with that. I'm so confident in my relationship with God that I know he's going to leave me. And if I mess up, I know that there's grace. Listen, listen, these are things that I know as absolute. It's not something I'm guessing about, I'm hoping about. I hope there's enough grace for me to mess up. No, I'm not hoping. I know for a fact that there's grace. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne that you may obtain uh, mercy, right? I got to come boldly in my mess. Ooh. As jacked up as I am, I got to come boldly. And the same way I come to God is the same way I got to view me so I can make changes, right? It's not about beating yourself up, but it's about you owning up and say, you know what? I didn't have to go that way. I could have went this way. I didn't have to do that. That's I could have did it. I got an argument with this person over here. I didn't have to go into the argument. I didn't. I didn't have to allow them to pull me into an emotional battle, but I did. Now, what am I going to do different? I'm going to learn to listen with intent, to understand what someone's saying, so I'm just trying to convey a message, so that I can gather what they're saying, so it won't be no misunderstandings. And I'm learning this because I'm studying. Check this out. I'm studying what what was messed up. I'm not just looking for it to happen. Oh, that just happened. I can't believe that person like that. But no. Mm -hmm. Well, why did that happen to me and didn't happen to other people? Why did it happen to me? I'm the common denominator, right? Uh -huh. why, why do I keep getting in falling out with people? I don't understand why people don't like me. It, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you guys a free, free, here's a free one. If, if you look in your life and you be like, all these haters, I got all these haters. I got haters, haters, haters. Coach, you got you got haters, coach. You got some haters. These oh, haters out here. These haters out here. Listen, she's like, I don't feel like, on my mind. How about that? She's like, I don't know if I want to answer that question. I feel like I'm still. 
the word gonna still be preached. Ah, yes. You know, it's like, okay, whatever. Motivate so, me. Motivate so, me. So people, people got I'm talking about all these haters. I got these haters. I got these, my haters gonna be my greater motivator, and that, and that, and they gonna be my footstool and all this. And I, you know, you know, you know, you know what got me? I'm gonna tell you what got me, Coach. This is what got me. I was, I was, and I'm gonna tell you something. The problem with it was the psychosis of of church was doing this to me. Church, the preachers, it's like a buzz thing. Tell mm. look to your haters and tell your haters and your friends. And so you start doing it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to hate. What changed me was this. I had to ask myself one question. The first question was this. What are you doing that's so great people want to hate on you? Come on. That's the first thing. The second thing was, why, why, why would you spend your time thinking about people that don't like you? Why you you wasted all this, all that whole thought was was corridor of space in your intellect that could have been used for innovation and creativity to see the hand of God move in your life. But you rather fill that space up with junk that don't mean nothing, and then you live in your life looking at your quote unquote haters and making decisions about your haters. Every space in your mind, the corridors of your mind that you have filled up with junk limits the ability of God giving you the wealth transfer that comes to you. Oh, wow. Because against, against proper belief, the wealth transfer isn't because somebody gonna mash a button and then a million dollars will pop in your account. Because that's, that's how a lot of us been hearing that, that word. But the wealth of the wicked that's laid up for the righteous and the wealth transfer is the wealth of the wicked that's laid up for the righteous speaks of the, the space of the wicked that they're not concerned about whether or not I'm living perfect or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So they're just going after their goals. They set, the, the Bible tells us, learn from the wit, from the wicked, for the children of the world, for their, their wisely. And the reason why, they're not so caught up in all these crabs in a barrel type of mentality. It's they a distraction to so, so they literally like, okay, I'm just going to do what I do. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that wealth transfer that's there, it's in the commodity, and and here's the thing, wealth is not trans. It's not. It's not physical. It's not materialistic things. Come on, come on, come on. Well, wealth, wealth in itself is is intellectual. It's what's passed passed down, transmitted through information, through education, um, and through through even mentorship and different things of that sort. That's the wealth. So everybody looks at Steve Jobs and like before he died, and like oh he's so wealthy. But his wealth was not because of what he had. He was wealthy because of what he thought. And for us, the only thing that's separating us from being super uh, uh, abundant in resources is one thought. And the, the mind space that you're using to concern yourself with haters is that space that you can fill it up with that one thought that can change your life. Life changing. I, I heard this guy, and I'm, I'll be done because I, I got my preacher clothes. That, that, that's that, that's that preaching me. I, you know, uh, uh, we done clothes fifteen times. I heard this guy say. <clears throat> he asked a question. It was it was about it was ministers in the room, and he asked us a question. He said, "What is money?" And we were like, "Oh, money, money's paper, money." We had all these answers and stuff, thinking we were right. And he said, "Nope." He said, "If you look on on every denomination of every bill, you would never see the word money." 
you, what you will see is promissory note. He said, all money is, check this out, all money is, all currency, all currency, all currency is, he says, it was a worthy idea that was followed up upon. I said, what you say now? He said, think about it. He said, the promissory notes are a representation of something that's supposed to be backing it, correct? And so someone came up with the ingenious ideas. Let's take all the real commodities from the people and give them pieces of paper that's supposed to represent this. That's that's a whole other lesson because I want to get my conspiracy teaching right there because that's a whole other thing right there. But uh, let's give them pieces of paper. Now the person, check this out. The person who came up with the concept of money never lacked money. Always had it. And that's how it is with our ideas. One idea can change your life. One thought can shift your entire world. You just have to empty out the corridors. You got to get rid of all the junk, all the pain, all the fear, all the anxiety, all the unforgiveness. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to hear me. Unforgiveness, let it go. Let it go. The offense. And let me say this about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not just saying, I'm sorry. Or someone saying that they sorry to you. It's a what I've, come to, what, I've come, what I've come to understand about forgiveness is when you release the debt that's owed to you by that person. This is when you practice jubilee. You forgive all the debts. Because when someone offends you or someone does something against you, they are indebted to you. So when you're holding and walking around, when people say let go of the offense, they're talking about the, the, the debt that's in your mind that this person did this to me. You got to be willing to let that go. Let that go. It's not worth your destiny. It's not worth your purpose. It's not worth the fullness of, of who you are and what God called you to do. And guess what? Here's the biggest thing I'm going to say to you tonight. If you don't hear me say nothing else, I need you to understand and hear me whenever you watch this, whether you watch in the daytime, nighttime, morning, whatever, three o'clock in the morning. I need you to understand the biggest, the greatest thing you will ever hear me say, if you never hear me again, is it's possible. It's possible to forgive. It's possible to release the pain. It's possible to overcome every obstacle and everything that you're ever facing in your life. It is possible. If you start your day with that one thought, let that be your affirmation, your mantra of your day every single day. I am possible. It's possible. All things are possible with God, right? So I'm in that space. And if I start my day with that, then my day is going to look totally different. All right? All right, I'm, I'm done. Let me get out of oh. <laughs> Listen, you did just what God called you to do. It's so much that everybody's going to be able to chew on throughout the day, throughout mm -hmm. the week. They can go back and, and look at the replay. They Absolutely. can go to the uh, podcast outlets and listen to the radio version. They can go to the YouTube format and look at the um, the live version, like Facebook Live that we're mm -hmm. doing. Oh boy, you were not shy about allowing <laughs> God to use you. Thank you for saying yes. Amen. I, I appreciate you having me on. You know, I just, I'm excited. Um, my, my yes just is, it has, it has really evolved. You know, is if my yes evolves as I evolve, 
because my perception changes. So what what that yes looks like to me five years ago don't look the same way today. There it is. And and it grows and it expands. And so I I, I think that the biggest the one of the biggest things is is we got to understand is is by definition, if I'm not growing, I'm decaying, I'm dying. So I need to always put information in front of me to be studying so I can grow. Growth don't have to necessarily mean physically growing out, but mm -hmm. growing here. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to, I want to, if you, if you don't mind, I please. would like to pray for someone here. Please, please. That's on, that's watching this. And my prayer for you is simple, is that for you in particular, one person in particular, that there'll be new neurological pathways of thought for you. That you will begin to think different. The track record of how you think and why you think the way you think. That that, that path of the thoughts that lead you will not be led by the trauma, but be led by love. Be led by, led by the fullness of freedom. And so, Father, I just thank you that there are new neurological pathways of thought, a thought way and a pathway to freedom and liberty. And I thank you, Father, for the freedom that comes to them, even this moment. I speak and decree a blessing over that one that's watching this, because I, I hear you and I see you. And you said, God, you know what he's talking about is true. I speak that there is a confidence and a boldness to face them. They will no longer be ashamed and they will walk in that space of fear because of the shame. But I speak and decree to declare that there is freedom and there are freedom, there's freedom from their yesteryears. My, my, my. I also speak and decree, Father, that the fragments of their hearts, the fragments of even their memories of themselves, their souls, of where things happened in their past. I call them whole. I speak amending of the heart, amending of the mind, amending of their soul, that they'll be entire, that they would no longer be stuck in 2014, but they'll be here and present and ready to move forward, ready to love, ready to walk in the fullness of what you have for them. I give you praise. Thank you, Father. We love you. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm going to say this before I do the Monday motivation quote, because I need to let people know how important it is that they understand that God is real. He is real, real, real. Let me just tell you something, prophet. Mm -hmm. I was feeling compelled to ask you one more thing. I'm talking about right after you finished talking before you went into prayer. And that one thing was, I wanted you to speak to one person. Wow. Speak to someone that is hiding behind shame and just need the courage to come forth and move in a different way and be free. Wow. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Oh my God. <laughs> and you requested to pray yourself so it's not that god wanted you to, to speak a thing he wanted you to declare and he wanted you to to, to speak into their lives yes <laughs> and you said one I, that was i'm moving forward monday motivation <laughs> quote oh my god monday motivation quote two words that will change your life yes lord mm. by adrian rogers wow god, my God, this morning's topic is yes to your will. Yes to your will. Yes. 
Oh yes. my God. Prophet Dr. <laughs> Joshua B. Mills. Amen. Sir, thank you so much for saying yes to this interview. Oh my God. God bless you. you. God bless you. God bless you. And listen, we're not done. We are not done. You yeah. listen. We're going to work together and I'm going to bring you back. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Coach Dev. Listen, you can <laughs> heal if you won't reveal. Remember to love yourself. Love everybody. And be an example. Have an amazing day. You deserve it.